you are listening to Pharmacy IT and Me, your informatics pharmacist podcast. Hey everyone, this is Tony Dow, and welcome to another episode of Pharmacy IT and Me. And as with every episode, we start off this one saying that the intended audience is everybody. Today, we'll be speaking with our special guest, Dr. Whitley Yi, on what her role is in the pharmacy technology and informatics space and pharmacy in general. So thank you so much for taking some time to be on the podcast, Whitley. How are you doing today? Good. I'm doing great. Uh, thanks so much for having me. Super excited. Awesome. Yeah, I'm really excited to speak with you today, too. And, you know, just for our listeners to get a better understanding of you, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So um, a little bit about me. I went to pharmacy school at the University of Colorado and then moved to North Carolina for residency, where I did my PGY-1 and PGY-2 at UNC. From there, I went straight into digital health. I currently work for a healthcare startup in Chapel Hill called Well. It's really focused on empowering consumers in their own health and using an AI-enabled platform to increase engagement and improve outcomes, optimize at an individual level. Oh, awesome. You've been, uh, I guess, moving around for, for your career. So that's that's really cool. So what kind of pushed you into that direction when you were in your residency? Did you kind of know that back then that you wanted to do that? So I'd been going into pharmacy school. I'd already had kind of you know, love of technology, but it wasn't really until the second half of pharmacy school when I had an informatics class that I kind of had that aha moment. And I realized that there could be the combination of technology and pharmacy. And so really even in like starting in pharmacy school is when I knew that I was, I really want to do something in informatics. Um, and I began like looking in to the different options that were out there. And it was at that time that I started realizing that a lot of the different like what I was really interested in was not something that a lot of residency or even, you know, informatics residency programs are focused on in terms of training. I became very, very fascinated really with patient generated health data and consumer health. And so thinking about remote monitoring, and it was also, you know, during pharmacy school that I fell in love with ambulatory care and kind of user centered design. And so those passions really combined really in an interest of thinking how how can I be involved in a technology space where, you know, really the focus is, is on the patient and thinking about how the patient interacts with technology in a way that improves their health. And also in, you know, that interoperability between the patient and the technology and the healthcare system. Awesome. So I guess my question with the, with that, and you know, that's, this is really cool because I'm not uh, in the consumer health informatics space. And that's also something that's been a very uh, uh, hobbyist interest for me. Like I would read up about it, but I don't have any working background in it. So I was curious to, to ask you, like if someone asked you, right, like what would a pharmacist role be in the consumer health informatics side? Like what can you kind of tell them? Such a great question. And I would say that the pharmacist role and really defining your value proposition is going to be so, so varied. Um, And that was really one reason why I wanted to go into doing a clinical residency. Because I started realizing that when you're going into, you know, really the ambulatory care space, the outpatient world, this is where there's the most opportunity for expansion. And this is really where, you know, the technology industry is focused. But there's not a lot of, you know, pharmacists involved in this space. And so the first thing, like, I really wanted to understand was what what are the issues and the problems that are that are being solved right now? Because there is that silo between really, you know, what's happening in the healthcare system, um, moving at its, you know, very slow pace often, and then you know what's ha- happening outside, often driven by you know people that are not 
that, you know, that may have background in the healthcare system but are not necessarily coming at it from that perspective. And then sometimes, you know, driven by people that don't have a clinical background at all. And so I wanted to first think about how to build up that domain expertise and understand like what's really going on in this space to see even where the value proposition was. And it turns out that a lot of a lot of the technology, you know, that is being, you know, really directed to consumers, a lot of it is about, you know, making healthcare more personal, actionable, and even just, you know, user-friendly. And pharmacists, I think, have a very have a lot of value that they can add here because especially, you know, thinking about technology that targets navigation, you know, navigation of the healthcare system, for example, since it is so fragmented, how to make it more convenient. Pharmacy are one of the, you know, professions that because we medications are involved in almost like every single process of the patient um, continuum of care, you get to see you know, almost the whole spectrum of the healthcare system and what the patient potentially goes through. And a lot of errors that happen and miscommunication within the healthcare system often seem to manifest at the pharmacy or, you know, with with medication errors. You know, so you tend to have a great understanding, I think, of some of the root cause of the problems and and how those manifest. And I know that's like a really long-winded answer, but I think part of the reason for that is that a lot of like a lot of different companies I've talked to don't really always know like pharmacy is not really top of their mind potentially or don't, you know, like may not have a pharmacist even though their app may be focused on medication adherence, for example. If we can understand like really where where they're coming from and have that domain expertise of even, you know, the healthcare system and the the patient and member experience, then it kind of helps us, I think, build out where we can provide value. That's a really good point. And uh, I guess tying that back into like what you're currently doing, uh, what what is your role? Like, I'm, I'm not really sure what the kind of like uh, responsibilities are, or maybe if you have a typical day to day, but what is your current role? So my current role right now is actually more clinical. Um, and so I really, I would, and that's kind of something I would, I was interested to in something that was both clinical and informatics, which those inpatient, it doesn't always exist, or, you know, in some places it does. And so my primary role is clinical, but not in a really direct member interface. It's kind of behind the scenes in a way and thinking through, you know, through our platform, how do we react and respond to you know, any number of medication questions or concerns, whether it's even navigation, a clinical question, and then also thinking like proactively, how do we potentially address issues before they come up with members? And then peripherally, I've helped out with like some of our own internal software and platforms that that we work on, just, you know, sort of analogous to an EHR, but thinking through, even though we're not like a traditional healthcare system, how do we still build up our systems and what kind of, you know, data fields do you need when you're talking about medications, et cetera? Oh, okay. Oh, that's really cool. So I guess like when, when working through this, what is your outlook? Like what is your kind of like five to 10 year outlook of maybe not just the role that you're in, but just the the field that you're in, like the consumer health space where pharmacists can provide value? I think we're going to get more and more into a space that's very consumer directed. And, you know, by that, I mean, thinking about like, I think it's going to come down a lot to, you know, to data and the ability to monitor, you know, just thinking about how many the wearables we have right now. And, medication dose adjustments based on different metrics. So having continuous blood glucose monitors, now having blood pressure monitors that are not inflatable cuffs, but just to watch you wear like a Fitbit. You know, suddenly if members have 
Our patients have all this data that's sitting in their ecosystem and not necessarily the healthcare ecosystem. Where then becomes the responsibility of, or I guess the opportunity to manage patients' medication in a much more proactive and individualistic way, you know, so it's not based on encounters. And so thinking of, you know, I guess like telehealth would be, you know, the closest thing, but I imagine sort of a space like how can we, how can pharma, like pharmacists figure out how to leverage all of this data that patients have to help them make their, you know, better informed decisions about their medications. Yeah, that's a, that's a really interesting thing to think about because I, I think the other challenge too is the the data that's out there now. It's not even fully interoperable. So the the patients themselves are managing some of their personal health records. Uh, I guess, have you have you thought about any of the, how do you validate that that data is correct? Because I think, I think like some PHRs, some, uh, some of them where the patient's managing it, they can enter in their own things. So like, where does that kind of, like, how does that validate? validation happen? Do you do you have any thoughts on that? That is, that's really interesting. I think like patient owning HRs is, you know, it's a really fascinating concept. And actually like I've gotten into, got into a few debates on this topic because, you know, especially when you're looking at data from a healthcare system, there, what med list is, then you can get a med list from claims data to see, you know, what was actually filled at the pharmacy. And then you can have like a patient reported med list, right? And what's the, what's the ground truth? And I don't know, we, I don't think we have a good way to validate it at the moment, actually. And I think that is like one of the ongoing issues that there is no centralized source of truth when it comes to medications. Because even if you think about a medication list within an EHR, I like I see it all the time where things just get left on it like a lot of it it hinges on workflow. You know, different people have different methods for how they interpret that list. You know, like, is it they leave a medication on there because a patient was on it a while ago and is now not on it, but may be on it again. So they just want it there or like maybe they're supposed to be on it, even though the patient's not really taking it. So they want to leave it on there to show that they're supposed to be on it, even though it doesn't, you know, like reflect reality. And now that you look at claims data, you can't, I mean, like you can't necessarily, like if you have patients inputting their own med list, you can't just use claim data to validate it either because more and more I'm seeing people going outside of their health insurance to get things filled. So there's going to be a ton of stuff that never shows up in claims data. And then claims data itself doesn't mean that, you know, the patient actually picked it up or even is taking it, even if they did pick it up. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. Even on that, like, even if they're taking supplements, right? Like, that's something that they would have to re- report themselves. It's not something that, yeah, it's not like claims can track that or if they pay cash for, for their um, prescriptions, right? That's one of those challenges that I'm always curious about how we would tackle it for the future. And, you know, the data validation part, it, it's probably never going to be perfect. And I, I think, like, maybe we can only do what we we can with the data that we have. So. Yeah. And I think like one way to think about it too is, you know, what point do, do we have to also put trust into the matter too? Like, do you, you know, do you ultimately trust claims data, et cetera? Do you ultimately trust what the patient says they're taking, you know, and like, if you're building it around, like if we're really being patient centered and building it around their experience and their, you know, meeting with them where they're at, I think there is kind of a level of trust and ownership, you know, like empowering the patient and being, you know, giving them, helping them take ownership of that to maintain their own accuracy in a way. And then maybe thinking through like, you know, what are the common issues where we know with the, you know, a 
assuming best intentions, where do we know that errors typically happen? Like we know that this is a hot, like a high risk medication that when people enter it, they really like often misspell it and they meant something else. And so this is something you would, you would want to always double check versus this one, you know, aspirin or something else that usually never has like an issue. You know, most members when they report it, maybe that one is like mostly always correct. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, like, I like that you brought up the the point of ownership, because like, once there's ownership, they feel like they're a little bit more responsible to keep their own kind of thing Mm -hmm. going, right? Like, I mean, that's, that's still, that's also the same thing with just using EHRs, like when the the users, the physicians, when they feel like they were part of like creating it, then they feel like they're more like likely to, to do it in the best way, right? So Exactly. And if they see that there, it bring it has value to them, you know, if they know that this being accurate means that they understand like the implications of that for their health, they know it can reduce errors and it makes sure, you know, like that everyone is on the same page, then they, you know, it's more likely, I think, to be active in, in updating and in making sure, you know, that it's accurate. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree with that. And, um, you know, like for, for people who are, so this is like a, a topic that I'm, I'm sure we could like just go on and on about, but for people who are interested in, you know, getting into this space, right? The space where there's pharmacists in the consumer health informatics side, uh, you know, things that you're doing or digital health. And I know you had a passion for going into it, but do you have any particular advice for, you know, students who are thinking about it or maybe even pharmacists who are currently working out there that want to switch over to something like this? Uh, do you have any specific advice you want to give them? Yeah, absolutely. And I know you've had a lot of a lot of guests that have given great advice on, you know, just getting into informatics in general. And I, you know, really agree with a lot of the the recommendations that have been given, you know, building up that domain expertise. And I guess I would say for getting into kind of the digital health space, I kind of think of it in three ways, like thinking about it in terms of positioning, where do you need to be to so that if opportunities pop up, you you could be aware of them. You know, like what organizations could you become involved in? You know, a lot of it comes down to networking too. Like how can you kind of branch out of the, you know, just the typical pharmacy sphere and, and kind of see what else is out there and start talking with other people. And then thinking about like your, again, like the value proposition and deciding, you know, there are so many different niches within digital health. And and depending on what specific domain expertise you have, or, you know, what kind of problem you're really interested in solving, I think maybe depends on where that value proposition is. And some digital health companies are going to be very specific and may need very, you know, more technical domain expertise, for example, and others are maybe focused like just on medication navigation. And it's all about having you know, background in medication access and operational workflows for, you know, retail pharmacy. And then lastly, I think kind of skills development. Think through like, what are the potential skills on top of what you would get in a traditional pharmacy career? Data literacy and having strong technology literacy, but looking specifically at, I think things that have been very influential in me are thinking about really user-centered design, user interface, familiarizing yourself with artificial intelligence and understanding, you know, how that comes into play, where the pitfalls are, you know, what what you need to think about once you start adding medications into the mix, etc. Um, and then having, and I think it's not always necessary, but building out like coding skills where possible. And that's something that I'm still trying to learn to is, you know, have have a little bit of coding background. 
Awesome. Awesome. So, so, you know, for like people who actually wanted to ask you more questions, uh, maybe specifically about your career path or maybe more about like what you specifically do, um, what's the best way that they can reach out to you at? Absolutely. So um, LinkedIn is a great way uh, to reach out to me. I'll be putting a link to your LinkedIn profile on the show notes for anyone who's interested in reaching out. But to be respectful of your time, I'd like to thank you again for taking some time out of your busy day to be on the show. Awesome. It was a blast. Thank you so much. All right. If you like our show, please share with your friends or you can help us out by writing a review on Apple Podcasts or any of your other favorite podcasting services. You can also check us out on social media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn. And you can also reach out to me at Tony at PharmacyITME.com. If you want to network, you can check out the Pharmacist Select group at PharmacistConnect.com, which is P-H-A-R-M-A-C-I-S-T-S-C-O-N-N-E-C-T.com. There's different topic channels, including informatics, and I've met some great colleagues on there. And I look forward to connecting with you as well. Thank you again for listening. And I'll see you on the next episode of Pharmacy IT and Me. And remember, technology is a tool. Patient care is the goal.